This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. Hey everyone, I'm Jessica from the Leaving the Village podcast. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this show. We're so grateful that you've decided to spend your time with us. Seriously, Dan, Gail, Kathleen, Nate, Scott, and the rest of us here at the Dauntless Media Collective couldn't produce content like the show you're listening to without your support. I'd also like to invite you even further into the conversation. Right now, there are some great discussions happening over in the Dauntless Media Collective Discord server. If you're interested in chatting with other folks who are deconstructing and decolonizing the oppressive traditions they came from, please feel free to hop onto the server. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a place where communities can gather online for chatting on a wide variety of topics. In our Discord server, we have channels devoted to general deconstruction conversations, some meme sharing, therapeutic venting about whatever religious bullshit you're currently dealing with, and even a channel specifically devoted to talking about the latest episode of the podcast you're listening to right now. I hope you'll join us. You can log in directly to the Dauntless server by clicking on the link in the show notes or heading to dauntless.fm and clicking on the link in the top banner. See you there. All right. Okay. Welcome to the Thereafter Podcast, a place where we explore life on the other side of faith change. We're here to break down the binaries, deconstruct the dualities, and wander through what it looks like to live in the gray. In church, we were told that life after leaving would be a bitter wasteland of unfulfilling hedonism, but we've discovered quite the opposite. There's actually a vibrant community of people on the other side of faith who are finding and co-creating space for hope and healing. Come along as we explore the all too often uncharted expanse of evangelicalism, evolving faith, and the life thereafter. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Thereafter Podcast, kicking off season four uh, of the pod. Really excited to be here. Megan, how are, how are you doing? Take three. Was it, this is season four, season premiere. Take three. We've Take tried. Three. We, we've lost connection. We've lost sound. We've cried. This is just <laughs> our third take. This is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting the raw... Uh, unfiltered third version of us, <laughs> or, or the yeah, we don't have the take the outtakes, so this no. is just <laughs> nope. Yeah. But we're excited to be here. Uh, it's another season of the podcast. We have a lot of really fun conversations, incredible guests, cool things that we want to hang out and chat about. But our normal start of the podcast might change a little bit this season, right, Megan? Yeah, we're we're thinking of replacing Twitbits with 
I don't know, a bit of ourselves, a bit of our own. Uh, we, We're going to we call it X bits. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to have something that's not rooted in the Twitter platform just because uh, a lot of folks that we love being in community with are starting to leave that platform. And for for self-care reasons and we're just not on Twitter as much and it it's working out. And so yeah, we wanna have a little bit, but it might not be twit bits. It might just be Meg and Cortland rant about the world. Um we're accepting submissions for the name of that bit if if people want to yeah. let us if know. you have a segment name idea and you're good at coming up with creative, cool, fun, catchy things like that. And you know, if it's a great idea and it and it goes well into a jingle, Cody might be able to make us a jingle for it too. Who knows? Oh yeah. <laughs> so Cody likes to add little sound, little sound bites there. So I would love I to like have a, a a jingle for our our segment, whatever it may end up being. Uh, so email us uh, or 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 slide in the DMs uh, on Instagram. Uh, as Megan said, I'm I'm no longer active really at all on Twitter. Uh, I think she's there a little bit, but you know, kind of on, you're kind of on your way out over there as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I post there occasionally, but I am not somebody that wants to buy a blue check and, and the algorithm just, you know, is not your friend unless you pay Elon. And I just, I can't, you know, and I have more and more people are texting me like, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I, I can't do this anymore. So, um, and it's honestly, um, I feel like there's ways that I've stayed connected with the folks that I want to be connected with, or there's, there's other means to do that. Like we've moved our deconstruction coffee hour onto clubhouse. And that has been a great throwback for, you know, where you and I originally met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you have wanted to join the coffee hour live discussion that we do every week on Tuesday mornings, uh, we're over on the clubhouse app now and, I, I don't know if there's a link. We really should put a link in the link tree before this airs. We'll put a link uh, to that clubhouse because we have like a clubhouse house. Uh, clubhouse app is also changing things every 10 minutes <laughs> trying to keep <laughs> yeah, up. We can barely keep uh, up. So, but I think we have like a house or a club or, or some variation Just of that. Deconstruction coffee hour. Yep. Yeah. So we'll link to that in the link tree, which is always in the episode as well as in our Instagram and Twitter bios and et cetera. Yeah. So we just thought we would do a season four opener and just kind of do a little bit of catching up and talk about some things that have been going on with us. Um, maybe do a little bit of ranting and a little bit of reviewing. So I don't know, rant and review. Cortland, do you have anything you want to kick us off with? Things that we're going to chat about. Um, just, yeah, just what's like, been going on? Are we on? talking about the things that... So I'm back on I'm back on social media. I took a, a long extended break while we were on break for the podcast. And uh, I'm, I'm developing a different relationship with it. I'm trying not to look at it as, you know, a content, uh, not as much creating content and more just hanging out with friends, connecting with people. I realize there's a lot of uh, people who I really enjoy getting to see what's going on in their life and, you know, shouting into the void uh, is kind of a necessary-ish thing for my mental health. Uh, it was a nice break, but I'm excited to be back uh, on Instagram and a couple other places uh, shouting into the void. And being over there, one of the things that I found uh, was that Mike Maharg has a new project uh, out 
that is a podcast and is talking about a TTRPG, uh, tabletop RPG role-playing game. Yeah, you need to spell that out for those of us who... I mean, I know now what that is because <sighs> I... I was roommates with Matt for a few months, and so now I do know what RPGs are, but not everybody does. And you, you, even you would think everybody that's been deconstructing knows what RPGs are, but can you give us a little bit of a yeah a explanation there? Yeah. Uh, so so TTRPG, tabletop role playing game. Uh, most like Dungeons of the time, and Dragons. if you say Dungeons and Dragons, people yeah people are like that's that's what it is. However, I think even people who who aren't into it who say oh yeah I get that's what it is still don't really know what it is. I I just started watching uh, Dimension Twenty, which is on College Humor YouTube. They just did a new season of uh, Dungeons and Drag Queens which is drag queens playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's absolutely wonderful. But I was I was watching this in the living room and Crystal, my wife was was like, "Wait, that's that's what they do? They just sit around and they just make stuff up together?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to watch this for two and a half hours? And I was like, that's just episode one. Yes. Well, and there's the, and the whole, <laughs> I, I've started to learn about this because I have friends that are into this. So there's that whole critical role. Have you gotten into the critical role? Uh, no, it, it, I'm aware of it, but I, I, I am not into it. Like I haven't spent any time uh, watching or consuming, but I have friends who are very, very into it. And it's just... Um, people but actors voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons that it it became a podcast and then became a show and now there's like merchants like the other day I was buying adult coloring books with my children and um they had a critical role adult coloring book so it's it, I mean it's like it's a big thing <laughs> yeah yeah so Mike Maharg um who was a part of the liturgist um and then was a podcaster he had you know ask science Mike and his cozy robots podcast so I've, I've been a big Mike Maharg fan for all those iterations of things that he's done. He retired from content creation and uh, deconstruction and kind of this space a while back and said, hey, I'm you know done doing this, got off on all the social media. And uh, he started a company called Quantum Spin Studios that does a lot of creative consulting with Disney and Marvel and various other uh, people out in Hollywood where he lives. And so he's been working on story and working on uh, creative consulting with these big kind of uh, fantasy shows and that sort of thing. And Quantum Spin Studios, his company is now, um, or he's one of the founders of this company. There's a few other people involved. They've decided this project that they're going to work on is a franchise IP. So intellectual property, franchise IP, if you think about like the Marvel universe obviously started with comic books, but now it's video games and movies and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's franchise IP there. You know, it's a world, right? There's the MCU, the Marvel cinematic universe. So what Mike and the team at quantum spin is doing is doing is they're creating a world, they're world building and they're building this world called Vesser. And the idea is that Vesser will be a world for, books to be written, maybe TV shows, movies, et cetera. But to kind of start as their first thing, 
whereas Marvel was comic books. I think hopefully Marvel nerds don't uh, call me out, or please do call me out, I guess, because uh, I'd love to know. Um, the way that that's how I of... feel about talking about Critical Role, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> please, Wait, I... <laughs> please call me Correct. out. I want to be educated. Yes. Uh, so, so the way they are starting this world to, to kind of get stories going around this world is through a tabletop RPG game. So they're developing a tabletop RPG. Nice. They started a podcast about building this world and it's called Building Besser. And as someone who just loves Mike Maharg, I've been listening to all the episodes and it's been super interesting. I've I've never played a D&D campaign. I've done a little bit of tabletop stuff like in terms of one shots. Um like one night like kind of playing around with You've never played one but you're still watching all this stuff and Yeah, it's, I've it's never still played a campaign. And fun. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to eventually play a campaign. Um one of the things that has been kind of like held me back a little bit and it's been interesting because Mike and Victory and I forget the third person's name and I feel terrible that I forget her name um there's three people that are on this team that are doing the podcast about building Vesser they've been talking about like why tabletop RPGs and this phenomenon is so good for adults to learn how to play and pretend again um because we when we hit a certain point in adolescence and we forget how to pretend we forget how to play and how much of that they talked in a couple episodes ago about how much of that is like like associated with like shame that we feel right in terms of acceptance uh we're you know going through this period where we're in adolescence and we're trying to be accepted and so to pretend and to play becomes so risky and such a vulnerability. Um, and I think I've had some of that too. I've been nervous about like, I love watching Dimension 20. I love watching people play and pretend and build these stories, but I've been nervous to put myself out there and participate because there is this, in the same way that like, I sometimes have a hard time like dancing or letting my body be, you know, because it's like, oh, a shame of like, am I going to look cool? And are, my, are people going to be accept me if I uh, am this way? And so the TTRPG culture in general, I think really is a cool phenomenon for allowing adults to explore play and pretend. And... That's well, what's been so appealing about it to me as somebody who just is curious and interested in it. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I just feel like I, I was um, texting with someone the other day about leaving Twitter and all the things. And and I was like, how can we all stay connected? What can we do to all stay connected? Like we've I've had my deconstruction book club. We have our discord. We have all these different things. And and I, they were like can we just connect over something that's not any of this stuff? <laughs> you know, like the, not what we're leaving. And I, I think that these role-playing games give people a reason to connect and a, and a way to get together and something fun to do together. And there's an investment in there because it's once you, once you get started, you're kind of invested and you have your crew of people that you're, you're doing this game with and doing this campaign with. And I don't know if I'm speaking all the language the right way. You're doing great. You're I, doing great. I, yeah, perfect. I, I, um, and 
So I, I do think that the more we find these things because, and as we talked about before, a lot of us found our community in church and didn't really ever seek other places to find community. And now we're starting to get creative of where to find people to spend time with and who to spend time with. So I think this is giving just another outlet for that. Yeah. Well, and there was another thing that I was going to say about this, just because Mike Maharg, you know, had left social media. He came back uh, and has, you know, um, an Instagram account and I think a Facebook account now again. And he was saying in the podcast that, he was like, I, I have had an okay time staying connected with people relationally, but he specifically mentioned propaganda. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like a rapper. And then Andre Henry. And I think he was over at um, Propaganda's. Maybe he was with the two of them. And he said like, oh, whoa, you put out an album and you put out an EP and you just put out a new single. And like, I had no idea. And they were like, oh, well, we posted it on Instagram. And he was like, even though I've maintained relationship, I've missed out on what my friends are creating um, because I wasn't on these platforms. And, you know, he has pretty significant ethical concerns about these platforms, as many of us do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, I want to be able to, like, see these things that my friends are making. And so I'm going to be back on here. And I kind of feel the same way about social media in terms of, like, I'm trying to figure out how to have that healthy relationship because there is a lot of aspects of I want to see what my friends are up to and and I know that there is possible you know toxicity and dopamining and you know various ways that it can be unhealthy for me but I also know there's a lot of ways that these online spaces are really rejuvenating and life-giving for me and um even with you know, whether it's podcasting or making TikToks or whatever, I feel like everything has this like light side and dark side and we have to kind of navigate that. And I'm, I'm figuring out how to do that. I think a lot of people are right now with the way social media is becoming this big churn of the death of Twitter causing various, you know, people to go different places and different little communities to pop up. I mean, yeah. I always like whenever I go over to Threads, which isn't very often, Robert Monson's always on there saying two things. One is when you come back to Threads, you don't have to re-announce that you're going to start using Threads. Just come back and start saying things. And also like maybe stop griping about how Threads isn't what you want it to be because maybe if you weren't so negative about it, then maybe it could actually be this beautiful thing. And I love that what he's what he's been doing there because um, he's he's just kind of existing and, the, and it's amazing. And he has, if you haven't listened to the episode with Robert Monson on last season, um, he's definitely a calming presence, and I always, I always like that I can find him somewhere because um, it's like, you know, maybe we don't need Twitter. We could, we could have the dose of what we need. Those, those kind of good, positive, uplifting pieces in other places, and and maybe just have an overview, a new view of how we interact with social media in general. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I love. I saw, I saw that he had a post. Uh, Robert Monson, I post on threads today about that. And I was, it's, it's so spot on. And it's like, I get the longing for something 
you know, you have these moments in these spaces. Um, I think about the way that the Dirty Rotten Church Kids Discord server was for me for a couple of months. It was like so magical and so beautiful and so wonderful. And it didn't, it didn't last, right? It wasn't that way forever. Mm-hmm. Clubhouse, you know, in the early, early Clubhouse, there was like this like really unique and magical things. I still love things about Clubhouse, right? Twitter, there were these moments where Twitter felt like, very serendipitous and like it's just people coming together in these really cool ways and back to clubhouse though because when we were doing our clubhouse rooms on i I was um with teal short we were doing these thursday night clubhouse rooms at 8 p.m we were in quarantine we weren't allowed to go out places teal was living in an intentional community grabbing a box of food and taking it back to his room to eat with people surrounding him, but like not able to interact. And so it, it, sometimes it feels like social media comes in waves and fulfills a need for the time, right? And that, and for what, whether it's the time in kind of our culture or whether it's the time in our own lives, you know, because I think sometimes we go through phases of deconstruction too, where we're like, we want to be talking about this stuff all the time. And then we're like, okay, maybe we want to be like playing an RPG with other folks that have deconstructed so that if it comes up, they really, I feel seen and heard, but also it doesn't have to be the focus of what I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seasonality to life and relationship and interest and participation, all of those things I feel like has been a really rich part of my you know, kind of deconstructed way I've I've seen life in general, wh- whereas before there was so much of a rigid, like, you know, how does this benefit? You know, for, for, for me, the way I got pulled into the missional evangelical thing, everything was a mission. Everything had to be missional. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, oh, yeah. But like, you know, everything, everything you did had to be for this other purpose with this other intention. Um, and so, yeah, the idea of just like, you know, doing um, which is doing stuff for fun, which is another reason that like the idea of like making a living off of the Internet or content creation or podcasting or whatever, it has always been like not something that appealed to me a ton. And I know there are people who do it, who really love what they do. And so like, I'm not saying it's a bad way to make a living by any means. Uh, It's just for me, that was always one of the things that I was like, I don't know if I want to make a living doing this because I don't want the joy taken out of it. Um, I was just at Furnace Fest last weekend and uh, somebody who I was there with asked me, could you, if, would you do this professionally if you could? And I was like, I don't think so. Like if I, if I could mm. be working festivals and setting up music festivals or, you know, promoting music festivals or something where I was like at music festivals every week, it sounds awesome. But also like, I think it might ruin music festivals <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wouldn't enjoy them. Anymore. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because I think, As our lives have shifted, like I know for me, I started a new job where I'm traveling a little bit more for work and it's very education focused. And that's bringing me back to kind of what my what I studied in college and 
as I um, changed careers, you know, like I, I'm still doing something within the realm of what I have a master's degree in. And I, I've been finding this new fulfillment in that shift, you know, and so as I've been doing these trainings, and I work for a publishing company now, um, and I train teachers, and it's it's been exciting in a new way, and it's been in a way that has, I'm I, but it, um, on the flip side, even though it doesn't have anything to do with deconstruction, I've been able to hang out with folks that I know through Twitter in such an amazing, like I've hung out with Kevin Nye probably three times in the last couple months just because I happen to be going through Minnesota for work. And um, so that's that's been a really nice thing because I can then connect things and and see people. And so it feels like it's been this beautiful way for us to have community, but we still do the things that we're interested in, you know, like and and those might not always be exactly the same. I don't know. I, I've been I've been getting into running and reading running books more even. <laughs> that's like yeah. Not something I share with everyone, but I do have f- friends that I talk to about that stuff. So there's a there's a running documentary. Remind me after this that I saw on TikTok about this like ultra marathon, but it's a loop. It's like a one mile loop that they run over mm-hmm. and over and over oh, again. Yes. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this. Okay, and we can. I yeah, we <laughs> could get into it. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah. There's like a I documentary not, about the- this loop. But I totally nerd out about that stuff. But, but okay, bringing it back to something that I think will overlap a little bit more with what something that our listeners um, have yeah. also. I forgot I, listeners I were here a, for a second, so thank you for bringing it back. I'm glad yeah, the listeners are <laughs> here just too. Us hanging out. <laughs> but um, I have also been reviving my love of science fiction. Um, so I just rewatched season one of Severance, which hopefully now that looks like the writer's strike is over and they'll be um, maybe yes. maybe making As of this, this morning. next season. Well, the the yeah. SAG SAG is still Screen Act, Screen Actors Guild is still on strike and probably will be for okay. a while. So the writers are back, but the actors are still still striking. Um, and we'll see what happens with the actors. Okay, yeah, but it is so interesting because this is what I love about, and for lack of a better term, de- the deconstruction community. Because I can throw um, out a post on Instagram and just be like, hey, I just started reading the Broken Earth Trilogy by N.K. Jemisin. And there's so many people that there's such an overlap between some of the things, especially in that trilogy, I would say, um, that that some of the themes and the topics that have to do with leaving behind a high control environment. And it, it really helps you kind of process some of those things in a totally different way, just to read really great science fiction versus sitting and, you know, watching the shiny happy people documentary or reading um, book after book about theology and queer affirmation, which again, there's a place for that. And I needed that and I wanted that. And sometimes I still go back to that. I'm also reading Um, I'm rereading Scott Okamoto's book, Asian American Apostate. So it's like I'm always kind of doing a few things at once, but I love that you it allows you to enter in spaces where you can have those conversations if you want. And but you're also just having community with folks over things like running and science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And RPGs. Yeah. And 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 music. That's one of the things like I've been trying to read fiction really for the first time. Like I read a fiction book cover to cover for probably the first time since high school. 
<laughs> embarrassingly enough. Like I don't read fiction books. Um, I struggle to have an imagination. I struggle to visualize what's happening in the story or picture the characters. So a lot of this like learning how to dig into play and pretend and love fiction and read fiction again has been like trying to figure out this new part of my brain that I shut off at some point. Um, but I think to not get too far off track, I wanted to kind of pull back towards all of these things that we're talking about. I feel have a lot to do with what we want to do with thereafter. And specifically in this season, what we've been talking about, Megan, is is the connection and relational aspect of what we're doing with this podcast and everything kind of ancillary to the podcast, the meetups, coffee hour, clubhouse, et cetera. Yeah, and I think for, I mean, it goes back to that piece of being kind of like for lack of a better way to describe it, like a deconstruction bartender, right, where we just kind of, open a space and turn on the lights and allow people to come in and engage or barista if, if, um, alcohol isn't your thing. Um, but I, I, and I love that. I love just having spaces where we can have conversations and I don't know. I mean, this might even be the time to talk about the event that we're kind of, that we have coming up. Yeah. Um, I think we need to start talking about it. Um, for sure. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say I I don't want to, like, give too much away, but I also want to have people kind of thinking about it. But I don't know. I just um, – I, I have felt for a long time, like, the conversation about purity culture kind of ends or has a limit to it, and I want to make it a little bit more expansive. And so just looking out at our network and pulling in a lot of intersectional voices and a lot of people that are in this space – having the types of expansive conversations that I think need to be had, conversations about non-monogamy, about intersectionality, about how race and purity culture intersect, and um, conversations about ethical porn and sex work and, and all of these pieces. And so we're, we're putting together an event. It's going to be President's Day weekend in Portland. Details are still kind of getting pulled together but it's kind of it's it's going to be called content warning and it's kind of like a fuck you to purity culture and also a fuck you to maybe Valentine's Day which is around that time anyway in February which is nice and we're just going to have a gathering where we'll be able to have some of those conversations and do some activities and kind of have um, some sessions to talk about that stuff and I'm excited as fuck yeah yeah i i am too and i you know we we talked about on the podcast for the past few seasons about the relationships, the connections that we have made with the guests, the people we've had conversations with on here, the people we met through the meetup in Portland. Was it almost, was it a year ago? Was it two years ago? I don't know. It was know. like a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> How long it's been. <laughs> feels like yesterday and it feels like forever ago at the same time as does all time at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so many relationships so many connections we want to continue i saw i don't know for sure whether they met through the event but there was like three or four uh folks who were at the portland event who all went on a trip together somewhere and i i'm friends with a, a few of them on instagram and i saw that they were all traveling together and i don't know if they met at that 
event or through, you know, something that brought them to that event, but like to get to see relationships form and people connect through live events, through, you know, the discord server, through the podcast, that's really, that's what gives me the juice. Like that's what makes me excited, um, is the connection to go like, Oh, I know somebody who, you know, I, I was talking to somebody who just recently converted to Judaism and to know, Oh, Brian G Murphy, who was on the podcast. I know also just recently converted and let's connect. I would love to con- like, let me connect you to yes. yeah. that, that ability to connect people who share experience or interests is really what gets me excited about doing this podcast and doing all the things that are connected to it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I absolutely agree. And and some of the folks I met at that meetup are some of my primary community right now, and I love it. Um, there are people that I have game nights with, there are people that I have dinner with, and um, our kids hang out together. It's, I mean. Um, it's been, I've gone on runs with people and all from kind of connections through, through the podcast, through that meetup, through social media. And so, um, and even, you know, when I went out to Minnesota and hung out with Kevin, I got to see, you know, Mason and Piper and Peggy and it, it, it's just a great, it's, it's great to have that community. Yeah. Yeah. So many of those people I got to hang out last week at Furnace Fest, you know, um, which was cool as well. So I think, you know, as we get in, I don't know how much, I know you might've had a thing or two more, uh, that you wanted to chat about things that are going on in your world. Um, but the real focus of this episode was to talk about, you know, the fact that we want to really, you know, create relational space and conversational space, maybe even inviting people to, join the conversation and have some listeners submitted, uh, audio clips or questions, uh, or answers, you know, to questions that, you know, in the same way we talk about during our clubhouse coffee hours, doing that through the podcast and continuing to build out, you know, the discord. And if discord begins to not be it, maybe it's something else, maybe not holding too tightly to any platform, uh, and being able to just take the community to wherever it feels like it fits the best and it can grow yeah. in its most healthy way. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny cause it's almost like it, it, I, I'm going to say something and, and get canceled <laughs> for it, Okay, but it, it gives me church plant vibes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, we're like, we're just, we're just going to abandon Twitter. That didn't work. We're, we're mm-hmm. not going to be meeting in the middle school building anymore, but, um, we've done a capital campaign and now we're going to be doing an in-person meetup. No, I'm just, I, please, I, I'm joking. That's all <laughs> a joke. Um, we're not planting a church. <laughs> I just, it just made me think when you were saying that. But another thing that you said when you were talking about it, I just want to also bring this up before we wrap. When you were talking about getting back to play and and things like dance and things like um, like just Pretend. those things that it wakes up for. Yes, um, I was thinking about this whole notion of a second adolescence that a lot of folks talk about with deconstruction, where you're kind of, and I have kind of felt this surreal experience where I'm almost reliving 
my life. And like um, when I came out as bi, it was like I, I felt like this was it was like this. I was reliving high school, you know, and like now I'm having relationship change and family dynamic change. And and it it's so interesting because it feels like I'm reliving my 20s, you know. And so it's it just has been this kind of thing. And I think that it happens to a lot of folks in deconstruction that you're kind of going back and reliving the the pieces of your life in a new way. It's like you're, you were at a crossroads and you went one way and now you're kind of going back to that moment and you're going a different way. Have you had that sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's a realization that life is really leaning into this like nonlinear aspect of life and growth and relationship and, you know, everything was so rigidly linear in the in the way of thinking that it was like you get saved, you get clean, you get sober, you get married, you have kids, you know, it's like all of this stuff was was um this very linear binary and now I feel like the way in which I see the experience of my life is like not in a linear journey towards some, you know, end, but in a much more, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say circular necessarily, but it's just definitely nonlinear. It's like my healing, like sometimes I, I posted this uh, on Instagram because I've been dealing with a lot of fear it's been a huge part of the last several months and depression and those two things were things that I felt really significantly when I was at the tail end of evangelicalism. I was more depressed than ever and I just had so much fear and the realization that like so much of my life's choices had been dictated by fear of hell, fear of failure, fear of disappointing God, whatever it might be, right? And deconverting lifted so much of that. I felt a lot of my depression lift. I felt a lot of that fear go away, that fear of hell. Now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm dealing with it again. I'm depressed. I'm fearful. I'm really afraid. That's okay. That doesn't mean I've gone back. That means I'm dealing with something new, something different. It's okay, you know? Yeah. And okay, but you're hitting on something too, because I will have situations that will remind me of situations that I had in my teenage years or in my 20s. And I will have to remind myself, you you are an adult now. You're a grown human and you have strategies to handle these things. And this is not you because I, sometimes I, I don't want to I, I trust myself fully, right? Because we were conditioned to not, right? But it, it, this is not you being a teenager or being immature. This is you navigating life, but also with a new new perspective and a new toolbox and a new way of thinking and a new paradigm. And it's okay to trust yourself and it's okay to affirm what's happening. And and as an adult human, it's like, okay, we're going through a thing. We have therapy, we have relationships, we have partners that can support us. Like 
there are ways that we have strategies that we can reach out to that we didn't have when we were kind of living that for the first time. Don't you, don't you think that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different experience. And I think leaning into the fact that not only, yeah, you have these different resources and tools and, and perspectives, you know, as Mm -hmm. grown people, as adults, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But, but, also as people who have come out of something, whatever that might be. Um, but also it's like it, I've, I've talked about like my queerness before and like having experimentation or exploration of my queerness feel like adolescence, feel like I'm, you know, all my interactions with boys are like, I'm, you know, a 12 year old girl (laughs) in the stereotypical (laughs) sense. Right. Um, but, but the reality is I'm a 33 year old man. Right. Like, so like the experience is totally unique and new. It's, it's, it's not that I'm a 12 year old. It's that I'm a 30 year old having this really unique experience that would be totally different than if I would have come out at 14. Um, and maybe there's some sadness that I don't get to ever experience that. And so you deal with that loss, you deal with that sadness, yeah. but also you deal with this happiness that like, oh, now I get to experience this really unique aspect of life that I wouldn't have otherwise. There's something unique here about what I'm experiencing in this moment. Um, and without getting too woo-woo, you know, if we are the universe experiencing itself, I've had that kind of thought too. It's like... what. I'm here to experience whatever this is, whatever it is. I want to appreciate the experience. Well, and I also think just the perspective, like, and I, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. If I have, um, when I was reading Paula Stone Williams's book, um, about transitioning, um, and gender. And I remember how profound of an impact that had on me because she was 60 when she transitioned and I was going through some just life change and I wasn't transitioning genders, but I was like, wow, like at 42, I was like, I feel like it's too late to make some of the changes that I want to make. But then I'm reading this book about at 60, she became a woman. And I was, I was so inspired by it's not too late to make the change, to kind of just grab a hold of your life and to live into who you are becoming and, and make the changes that you are leaning into. And, and that was such an inspiring piece. And I I think that as an encouragement to folks that are kind of going through change or going through shifts to, to say it's not, yes, there's maybe some grief and some pieces of you that you wish, oh, I wish like in this decade, I wasn't so evangelical or whatever it was, but yet going forward, there's, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so true. Going forward, there's still so much hope of like who you can become and who, who you can live into. Oh my God, dude, that's, we should do a segment on the podcast involving Facebook memories. I don't know what, how that works exactly. Like whether we like have like guest guests whose memory they are or something but like we should use facebook memories <laughs> yeah i love this i have some that uh, I as we're, really we're accepting up. submissions for segments because you never know what clearly Cortland and i are leaving twitter to just go to facebook yeah <laughs> we're going back to where it all began anyway yeah, um, we're gonna relive our 20 well whatever decade you got into facebook <laughs> i okay i have to say one more thing about this yeah 
I have been re-watching the original Full House with my kids. Oh my. Did you watch Full House? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them. Can we over talk about this again. for like a minute? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Because I have to say that I know it's like hokey and 80s and 90s or, you know, whatever. And there's like the Danny Tanner little kind of sit down family meeting. But can I just say how much I love that my kids are seeing this unique family structure, right? And they're seeing like a single dad raising kids. And right now they're being raised by a single mom and single dad, you know, and and seeing like, you know, uncles that take them to back to school events. And I, I just think about that when I sit down with my, I, I guess, deconstruction evangelical friends, right? And we're all like, maybe somebody's come in with their kids and their their spouse is out of town or their partner's out of town, or maybe, you know, somebody's single. And we're just kind of a conglomerate group of just a bunch of folks hanging out. And it's not maybe as heteronormative as, as we, I might have been, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago. And I kind of like that they're seeing this show where Parents are dating, and um, there's unique uh, adults that are important to them. And and I don't know. It's just this. And it's also kind of me reliving the years that I spent watching that show. It makes me sad about Bob Saget, too. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There. I mean, there definitely is this aspect of the non-platonic family and really the— yeah ability and the permission to write our own scripts and again even have those things flex and change people move in people move out things change and shift and it's non-linear it's sometimes somebody Mm -hmm. moves out for a little while and then they move back in and they and they're this this part of your life again and that's okay it's it's okay for those things to flex and grow and change um so I think that's a really good word. Good word, yeah. Megan. <laughs> From Full House. <laughs> good word. For the book of Full House, chapter one, season three. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, Megan, do you have anything uh, before we wrap? And then can we, I guess, tell people... Uh, my Twitter still exists, but it's just going... Yeah, we're, a, st- we're still around. We're just not tweet. there every day. <laughs> Telling you to go find me other places. Instagram is probably the best place right now for people to find me personally. Um, probably as well as the pod. Um, honestly, if you want to DM the Thereafter podcast on Instagram uh, or me at Cortland Coffee, Instagram is probably your best spot. Yeah, and and you can still find me on Twitter. I do check it. I throw. I do check in probably every day, but just not as much as I was. But the pursuing life on all the platforms, and then. Um, come hang out on our Discord and come to our Clubhouse Deconstruction Coffee Hour because that's where we love, love, love to connect with folks. So Tuesday mornings, it's been a bit clunky this summer but um, as we've been traveling and different things, but it, I think it'll start to uh, even out and be regular. So Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific and yeah. other time zones and other times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, patreon.com slash thereafterpod uh, to join the Patreon, which can get you in the Discord. Um, if for some reason there is a, you know, a financial barrier, I think our lowest tier right now is like three bucks a month or something like that. Um, and we understand that, that can be a lot for, for some folks. 
Um, and so if there is is that, reach out to us individually. We don't want um, community to be paywalled away from somebody, um, even though we have created that as a way, obviously, to support the show. Um, we'll, we'll find a way <laughs> to get you in the yep. Discord or whatever it is so we can we can make sure you're plugged in and have the community because uh, that's that's really what we're here for is for that connection. So just wanted to say that. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>